In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley, and my podcast mutant is the one and only. I am psychically beaming my name into all our listeners' heads. Mm. That that's your mutant power, Travis Rats. Did you hear it? I do. I did. Yeah. What? So my question <laughs> is: your mutant power that you can only beam your name to people, or is it beyond that? Uh, I can beam my name, uh, recipe, certain recipes like like chili con carne, uh, <laughs> and there's okay. a, a sweet meatball crockpot recipe that can beam into people's heads. Like, like the ones like funeral, funeral like meatballs. Exactly, exactly. You, <laughs> I've, you've had it beamed before, yeah. and also the final thing I can beam in people's heads are the uh, screen telecasts of the entire series of Cheers. <laughs> I almost spit my beer out. <laughs> Speaking of which, we'll be drinking. Let's give a shout out to this delicious beer that, uh, that Josh has procured for we our are, podcast today. We are drinking the Hannah, which is a Brett New England IPA. Uh, by Twelve West Brewery in uh, in Gilbert, Arizona, which is my which is my local haunt. Mm. So they did a bottle release. They did two of them. Uh, they did three of these sours that they did. Two of them came on bottles, and one was on tap. I, I picked the New England IPA for you, sir. I, I you, when you say the word bottles, you kind bottles. of sound like you're from New England. You're like bottles. I don't know what. It, maybe it's Bo- a little bit of my Midwest coming. I've through. got these bottles. Bottles. Uh, speaking of uh, beers and podcasts, yeah. is our, is our uh, a friend still doing his beer podcast, Anthony? I don't know. I haven't talked to Anthony yeah. about his beer podcast in a long time. Hundred brews. Hundred brews. I don't know. Hundred brews. I don't know yeah. if hundred brews is still happening. He has a kid now. Type it in. Check it out. <laughs> if it's not there, we're sorry. You know what though? Uh, <laughs> Scotty Godleski is still doing his podcast up and running. Uh, DC artist extraordinaire. The illustrious gentleman. Illustrious. Illustrious. Look at all these free plugs I've just given out. What else do you want to plug? Illustrious. You want to plug your butt? No. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So today, you're on the comic, you're listening to the Comic Exposure Podcast, uh, friends, and uh, what you're listening to is an episode, a unique episode, if you will. We're going to do, we're going to do two things today. Uh, we went ahead and we read, um, Ed Pisker's Piscor Pisker 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 his X-Men Grand Design Volume 1 he's doing a gigantic history of all X-Men giant size history giant size history of, of X-Men books and in fact this is in a Marvel treasury sized wonderful book that we're reading out on Marvel that's what i would call the whole omnibus X-Men's giant size history you could take that Pisker do it so we've got that that we're reading and then because oh, we have long a, awaited, a long awaited, we have a certain love uh, for '90s X-Men cartoon because Who it doesn't. It was our childhood. It yeah. was it was our youth, uh, and so we're going to talk about a little bit about season one of X-Men, the animated series, the '90s one. You know it. It's going to be great. That's what we're talking about today. So two. We things. will finally put lyrics to that song. Do you have lyrics to it? No, but that would be great. Oh, <laughs> I thought you maybe wrote. I think we can do it. This is an X Men show. This is an X-Men not a bad show. man show. This is if a... you want bad man show. It's a different network. Yeah. Perfect. We've got Wolverine and the Cyclops. We've got Jubilee and, and Beast. Yeah, Beastiality. <laughs> no Beast. Yeah. Oh, Beast. Yeah. yeah. I guess there's some bestiality. If you were to have sex with beasts from X-Men, in some states that would be considered an act of treason against it, humanity. It might be. It might be. It might be. It's, he's got a rough life. Beast treason does. against humanity, my new X-Men run, where Beast has sex with everything. You can tell us the end of summer, because I'm a little loopy. You're going back, you're going back <laughs> to Japan. You've got to see students and teach. 
I get it. Like, you can't talk. You can't say bestiality in front of kids. <laughs> well, and also so you got to get it out of the way now. Yeah, and also the fact that I just figured out a way to make our podcast more than an hour long. It's like I really stall for time now. <laughs> <laughs> That's just what people want. We all we got to make up for lost podcasts. So I suppose That's right. if this one goes over. Yeah. So so let's let's. How do you want to start this? Podcast? I want to start this with a little quiz, my oh. friend, in celebration of X Men Day, which is what I'm calling this. I did size X Men Day. I did a really good on the last quiz when we talked about is think, it a metal band or. No, uh, was it a, a black, ba- superhero a black superhero or a metal band? Or a metal band or a band. I <laughs> yeah. think it was just a band. Yeah. I did pretty well. I think I only got one wrong. I think you did, and there was five of them. In this one, there are seven of them. Can we talk really quick about how on the front of your notebook it says notes bras off? Yes, I'm writing a play called Bras Off. Okay, that makes now yes. I get it. And I uh, had an interview with a erotic dancer and I asked some questions and I got some notes on it and I'm looking forward to putting it into a play. Have you ever heard the play Noises Off? Yes. Your uh, uh, drama teacher put it on a yeah. few years ago. Yeah. Well, I want that same concept, but at a strip club. So <laughs> of course half the play is backstage in the dressing room of the strip club. Mm-hmm. The front part is on the pole. All right. It takes place in uh, Giuliani's New York in the 1990s when he's trying to clean up New York. I like it. I yep. like it. Stay tuned for more. <laughs> Playwright Travis Rance. When you so, make it big, buddy, remember me. Now, the weird thing is going to be is I'm going to be opening up my notebook and I'm going to be like going through my notes. So I'm going to have these X Men notes in here. It'll be, so no. there might be some X Men in this play. <laughs> we can only help. Well, it's the 90s. So <laughs> one of their kids could be watching the X Men cartoon. You can Maybe they can strip to. Oh, man, that might work. Then I put them back on. Darn it. All right, pasties. All right, so (laughs) here's the game. And audience at home, you can play along. Feel free to play along. Um, What I have is I have a list of uh, mutant powers. Okay, Okay? list of mutant powers. And some of these are real mutant powers that have been uh, attributed to mutants within the universe. Uh, Others are mutant abilities that I made up. And your task as a listener, or aka Josh, because you will be listening to me give this list off, will be to decide what's a real power and what's a made up power. Okay, all right, I think I can do that. It's going to be bad because some of those early X Men. Yes, I mean there's there's quite there's I went into the depths of mutant powers. You went into the depths of depths, Wikipedia. Depths of Wikipedia. I did not use Wikipedia. What did you use? I just googled Francis X Men powers. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Give it to me. What's the first one? Audience, are you ready for this? The first Callers, one. don't forget to call in. Tell us what your answer is. I'm just gonna pick these out of order. Uh, the first one is a mutant that can change their blood type to any blood type. Is that a real mutant power, or did I make that up? I want to say that it's not a mutant power, but it mm-hmm. seems like it would be the most comic booky thing to be able mm-hmm. to do. Like, it's in a set of powers. That's mm-hmm. not their only power. Right. But I'm going to say no, that's not a real power. I'm going to say it's not a real power. Is that your final answer? It's my final That answer. is correct. Oh, thank oh, God. I, I was thinking, like, I'm like, how would this person be useful? Like, if you needed blood transfusions on right. the field, we call them medic. The nurse. We oh, call I was, medic. Oh, there you yeah, go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or yeah. she. It could be. It could be yeah. she. You know what? No, it's a man. Medic can Me be. Me too. A woman can be a medic <laughs> as well. No. <laughs> so I, my question, so Mr. Medic. That's why I thought like if it were a set of powers, I could I could accept it. Okay. Right. But as it being the only power, there's no way. Well, my friends, you scored a point. All right. At home, I hope you're keeping track of your own scores. <clears throat> Here we go. Question two. Mutant can speak any language, including alien, computer, and body language. It is a real power. It's got to be. Audience, I'll wait. <laughs> Great wait It time. is correct. It is a yes. real power. Uh, it belongs to the mutant name Cypher. Cypher. Ah, makes right? sense. Yeah. Makes sense. But I like, and apparently one of the fun facts right about Cypher is he learned karate by studying the body language of karate artists. Here's, here's what, it would really come in handy in a marriage to be able to read that kind of body language <laughs> it would that's that is an x-men power <laughs> that is true that i never will, thought that about will that do you long, because there are some times when gabby gives me a look and i can't quite decipher if it's what form of anger it is <laughs> <laughs> so you just start rubbing your feet either yeah way. so i'm like i love you babe <laughs> you want a foot massage baby can i rub your back all right so next power give it to me okay mutant power is to simply have a long neck up to six feet long isn't that a 
Isn't that a, isn't that a, not G.I. Joe, isn't that a He-Man? Mechanek? I don't know. I think it's a He-Man who has an extendable neck. Mm. It's a really crappy He-Man toy. Okay. Um, it was oddly specific that you said up to six feet, mm. though. It was oddly specific, <laughs> wasn't it? I'm going to say yes, it's a real power. You're saying yes, it's a real power? You are correct! Yes! What's the name of this mutant? Uh, Long Neck. <laughs> Shut the fuck yeah. up. Long Neck? <laughs> Come on. Um, and uh, Stan you know, Lee. You know, how long, me... you know how Long Neck made his demise? He got decapitated. The turtleneck, no. Uh, <laughs> just, just strangled him. No, but kind of. Um, he was zapped by something or hit by something where he lost his mutant abilities. Mm -hmm. And because he had lost his mutant abilities, his neck snapped under its own weight. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. So his neck grows or it's always that it's long? It's always that long. It's only six feet long. That's terrible. Yeah. How do you... How do you it's like at least life? Mr. Plastic and Mr. Fantastic. They can like stretch everything out, you know? Right. And this one, he can't even go back in. You know, he's going to use it to bludgeon people. Like, whip like it a around. giraffe. Yeah. Like when giraffes fight. Bye. Did you know that's how giraffes fight? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. They have really, they have like, Grace, how long is a giraffe's tongue? Do you remember? Ah, oh, come on. You did a report on it in, in like junior high. Stop being a sassy teenager. <laughs> Anyways. I no, it's okay. Yeah, another problem with the American education system. I remember that my daughter did a report on giraffes, and I was astounded eight, eight, that I was astounded how long a giraffe's tongue is. I'm gonna say eighteen inches. Eighteen to twenty inches long. Right? How? Do they, how do I remember that's that? That's pretty long. Do they use it to bludgeon people with? No, they just use their necks they use to fight. Their necks to fight each other. I would. Grace, you're not on this podcast anymore. <laughs> Get out of here. I would like to uh, giraffe fights. Can we? Can we use them like a cockfight? I think, well, cockfights are illegal, so I assume giraffe fights would also be frowned upon. Not on the dark continent. I don't, know. I still think it'd probably be not be okay. Pete would get angry at you. Someone would. Okay, writing with your letters to josh.buckley at Mesa School District. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so how are you guys doing at home? You doing okay? I've got one, one wrong? Or am you, I all correct? You're, there's been... Three, Three, and you've gotten them all correct. Man, unfortunately. I, am, I am good at this. Yeah. All right, give me the I thought one. I was going to stump you on the first one. You almost, almost. on blood type, you almost went. Right, and long let's... neck, you almost went as well. I know, you're right. Here okay. Mutant who, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Mutant who has the ability to cause people to run away from objects they touch. Mutant, so if they touch something, everyone automatically runs away from that object. If they touch something, everyone runs away? From... Yep. So I'm the mutant. I touched this laptop that we're recording on. Mm -hmm. You run away I from run it. away from it. No, I don't think that's a power. It is a power, sir. How are, how are you giving me like... It belongs to the mutant. Would you, how, who would you, what would you name that mutant? It's so obvious once you hear it. Um, something about being scared? Is it like frightened? It's tag. Ta oh, shut <laughs> up. Oh, God. It's just like, uh, we're in trouble. Oh, run away. <laughs> That's so dumb. <laughs> All right, next one. Mutant. Uh, excuse me. Uh, wrong one. Mutant who can turn jazz music into propulsive energy. Just jazz? Just jazz. Do you like jazz? Do you like jazz? Ryan Gosling? It's, it's, Jerry, it's Jerry Seinfeld? Oh, Is that I thought power? it was Ryan Gosling mansplaining jazz to, uh, what's her name in um, La La Land. Check it out in I've never theaters. seen it. I've never seen La La Land. Here's what I know, though. Theaters, yeah. Jerry Seinfeld said it in uh, the B movie. Oh, I never saw that. And he goes, do you like jazz? Never saw. Maybe we should have a B movie La La Land. We call it the La La Land night. That's good. We yep. should do it. All right. Stop I'm gonna stalling. Say, I'm going to say no, it is not a power. Sir, you are correct. Oh, it is not a power. Thank God. <laughs> is it a power, but it's not. So Dazzler can use music for propulsive Dazzle, stuff. She just says light. She's a light manipulator. Is it light? Yeah, we think it's sound because she's a singer, but it's actually light. I looked this up when I was making up this power to make sure I wasn't stepping on Dazzler's toes. I thought it was sound. It was light. That's how she had those great disco light shows. I guess you're right. Yep. I do have, and I've read it, I have like a dis, uh, Dazzler Marvel graphic novel, which is tremendously, amazingly 80s. It's she had great. her own series for a while. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's hear it, man. Let's All right, there one. are two more. Two more. Or so I'm, I'm, I've got one wrong, right? Yep. Okay. Mutant with the ability to imitate any animal sound. Just the sound. Just the sound. 
Just the sound. Just the sound. Can he imitate anything else or just animals? I I'm just giving you a, a power. Okay. Uh, mm, yes, it's real. You don't seem confident. I, I'm not. But I'm gonna say it's real. It is real. Yes. What's it? Mimic Kylon. K Y L U N. I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. Sorry, Kylon, if you're out there and listening. So just animal sounds. Just animal sounds. So if you're an X Men, just play play in this space with me, Travis. Okay. I'm here. Join us. Join with me. Um, you are an X Men. When does it come in handy, really, to do that? First of all, I didn't say he was an X Men. He's a mutant. Okay. All right. Okay. You're right. All right. Uh, when does it come in handy? Um, like, let's say you're hunting. Wild game. You can imitate I, mating so calls. In a superhero scenario. Yes. If he were to join the X-Men, how would they utilize his power? Oh, okay, got in it. In a good way. I see. When they're like going in a covert op- oper- operative to- Yeah, operation. Covert yeah. operation. Yeah. <laughs> and they need like call signals. Like you you, you hit him with like, optic blast when you hear a uh, 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 a badger. A, what is a, a ba- badger in heat. <laughs> exactly. That's my guess. And then it's like, boom, you blast him. Right? All right. All right. So he's a control booth kind of guy, you know? Like he's working behind the scenes. He's in everyone's ear. He's like, you, I guess you wouldn't have to use You wouldn't have to use animal sounds, sounds if you were in everybody's ear. He does because it makes it fun for them. Oh, you know, like yeah, you no, keep I get it. These yeah, missions fun. Like, when I do the dolphin sound, Wolverine, <laughs> that's when you snicky, snicky, snarl. <laughs> all right, all right. Last one, right? When I do the Wolverine sound, that's when Wolverine. <laughs> um, all right, uh, this one, uh, Mutant, has the abilities to use their genitals to pick any lock. That's not right. To that use is... their genitals no, to pick any lock. No, there's no way. That's not you, right. I, I, I'm not saying like they're going to be like, they're going to have a dick on the page, but you know, like Marvel can be like very suggestive sometimes. When they did, uh, what was the one where... Uh... Stacey X could like exude pheromones no remember like what was the line that marvel did where they were all like mature oh yeah titles? uh their x line or like their was no, it marvel dark Ma- no no that's that's uh that's it was DC. they had punisher yeah um jessica jones you could mm, you could swear i forgot what it was people are screaming right now because it's like right there sure it's not marvel r was it marvel r no no was it marvel nice joke like a k reboot um Anyways, no. It's not real. It's not a real power. It's not real. But if it was, I already came up with the character's name. Lockcock. Cocklock or Lockcock? Lockcock. Okay. Uh, Marvel Knights was an imprint of Marvel. Uh, no, it was not it. That's not it. Marvel Ugh, Punisher. Okay, mature... Marvel Extreme. Marvel X. Marvel. Marvel uh, it was. Part of Marvel, uh, Max. Marvel Max. Extreme. Both. Max is an imprint of Marvel Comics that specialize in comic book media aimed at other people. Marvel Max. Like all capital letters. Well, sir. Like Cinemax, but Marvel Max. Two quizzes in a row, and you've only missed one each time. I'm holding the line. I'm pretty good at this, man. Or I'm pretty bad at writing questions. You (laughs) may have gone too. Both ends were awful powers. Both ends, like you, oh, but there's X Men with like weird powers. Like there's like like there are some that I knew you knew, like Beak, like he just has a beak, or uh, what was his name who just explodes has the power to convert oh, yeah, the worst X Men, the worst X Men ever. That's um, a good one. You know, uh, so there were some that I'm like, oh, you've just read this, and like Morrison did weird stuff with like yeah. some weird characters, so. I was. I thought blood type was a good one. It's a good. No, it's a good one. Yeah, I could see it being used. So here we go, Travis Rats. Let's talk a little bit about. Let's. So we did our quiz. You ready for uh, X Men Grand Design? Yes, I am. So here's what I want to do. I read it a little while ago. Mm-hmm. I passed it off to you. Yes. Let's have you tell. What's your? How much? So I know that you're an X Men fan. Yes. But this is like. First X Men. Yes. This is like the earliest X Men story. We talked a little bit about uh, about it off uh, mic, but yeah. why don't you give a recap of what what this is? What am so, I holding here? So Ed Pisker is doing a full history of the X Men from the very beginning to modern times, and he is like a condensed, like a condensed version. Reader's Digest version of entire X-Men history. So by the time he's done... With Almost X- issue by issue. There's a little bit, it seems like from like every issue, right? Yeah, yeah, like he's taking all of these things. And so it's essentially like 
what he's done, I think it's four volumes when he's finished. You will be able to go, oh, you want to know about the X-Men? Here's everything you need to know. And hand those four volumes to somebody. It's like an encyclopedia, but still story, but in story form. form yeah, right? still story form. So it's a really interesting take on it. Uh, Ed Pisker also did um, the Hip Hop Family Tree. So he did the history of hip hop. Now he's doing the history of X-Men. And he's an indie comic book artist. So it's very much his own style. He's not aping anybody else. He's not trying to do a throwback of... Mimic the yeah, know, he's not trying to mem- stuff. Yeah, he's not trying to mimic Kirby or anything like that. But one of the coolest things about this is he actually redoes the first uh, issue of X-Men. So, like, after he's done X-Men issue one, he draws it. So you get his version of X-Men volume one. Yes. Or the very first X-Men issue number one. And the first thing that strikes me about this book is just it's the huge, huge format, which I love. It's so fun. I I love these treasury-sized ones. So, guys, if, you, if, if you've never seen, I'm sure you have, there's these... Extra huge copies of comic books, and, and and they're like the special edition giant-sized ones. And so this is a Marvel Treasury edition. It's something they used to do back in the day. And so he's done it. And not only that, but the paper on the inside. It's it's newspaper print-esque, but a little bit better quality, a little thicker right. and stuff like that. But it, it's 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 got that aged look to it. Yeah, it really um, mimics if this was an old comic book. The panels are huge in here because it's oversized, so you get a really good look at everything. The colors are dot matrix. It's like it's it's, it's a pleasure to read because there's there are some panels with a lot of dialogue like early comics have. Yeah. Uh, but it's not a, you don't have to like squint to read it. Uh, you don't have to do anything like that. So just just the first thing that struck me is just this the the, the beauty of the book itself. Like how everything is just bound and the print and like so much love went into this this is like this you could tell pisker is like a huge fan right like everything was done in homage to the x-men nothing was done there wasn't any like money ploys in there there wasn't like you know like i'm gonna this is a badass design or it's just like here's and it's also not so there's a there's he could have gone and i'm not that i not that i think Ed Pisker would do that, but I'm saying like it's an option for you to do an ironic take or for you to do a tongue in cheek take of it, and he doesn't. No, he does a very like serious redo of like this history of Marvel comics. And the way he frames it is, of course, with what character is the best framer for any kind of chronological the Watcher. The Watcher it's, right? It's a great way to do it. The Watcher is essentially like filling you in on the story. Of the X-Men, which is a very ridiculous way, a very cool way to do it uh, with a robot that looks like, like Iron, Man. Iron Man with a tape deck. Yeah, yeah, which I love. It's so, like, old school. Yeah. And so immediately, you know, like, it takes some of the tongue-cheekness out, out of it, right? Yeah. Uh, I guess the tape deck did have me worried for a second. I'm like, oh, are they going to... Which, a spoof on this stuff wouldn't be bad either. Right. You know, like, but, a, like, like, a very... It wouldn't... But I don't... It wouldn't be as loving, right? Yeah, yeah, like, and that's a different thing. That yeah. would be a different thing. Like I would, I would, I would, I would, I would appreciate. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we read the like the worst X Men ever, which yes. is which is very much kind of a spoofy take on the X Men. Yeah, yeah. Don't they play the concept? They don't play, don't they play like softball yeah, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So there's a very kind of like, tongue in cheek look at it. But Ed Pisker doesn't do that in this. He does a really good job. Not one softball game. Not one softball Not one, game. That was more. I, I think we're still, happens, yeah, we're still waiting. Yeah, we're still waiting. We're waiting for '90s X Men. Uh, when they're all on the beach together, which we'll talk about when we get to the cartoon. Yeah. Uh, so here's what I want to know. You walked into this thing. How much old school X-Men knowledge did you have? Well, it's I really like this first edition because I pretty much... Don't know shit. Don't right? know shit. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, I know the stuff that's been referenced. Uh, I started... I'm pretty good with uh, just pre-Jim Lee. Okay. Just pre-Jim Lee coming into uh, Claremont's, uh, yeah. coming into it, the end of Claremont's run, into Jim Lee's run. Then I'm pretty savvy all the way up to pretty much Morrison, and then I, uh, uh, Jim Morrison of the Doors. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, when, he, when, he died, I, when he died, I stopped reading co- comics yeah. altogether. People are mutants <laughs> when you're, you're a mutant. mutant. Cocklock's a mutant. I made him up. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that's kind of what I, uh, was my, like, milieu. And I yeah. thought, like, that was, I thought I knew a lot. I thought I had, like, a really extensive extensive knowledge of X-Men. I thought I could sit down with any X-Men fan and we could shoot the shit. I was mistaken. Right? Um, the amount of 
twists and turns and like it's it's really well laid out but you realize how difficult the early history of the x-men is to follow yeah there are so many plot lines running into each other especially when you're condensing it right you're condensing it down so uh, when it comes to those plots what was the most surprising amount of attention that you thought that they paid attention like right that's redundant (laughs) (laughs) but you get what i'm saying yeah yeah so You know, I think one of the things that I thought, there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of weird villains, right? And so I've never even heard of, like Master Mutant. Yeah. You get to see all of these weird villains and, um, Master, I think Mastermind is one of those ones that plays into it later. And, and you know me, like I'm not a huge, I didn't read a bunch of X-Men when I was a kid. I read Wolverine. Yeah. Right. I read, I read the Wolverine run. Uh, but I didn't read a lot of X Men. Uh, I love the cartoon. You got your Phil from Dawson's Creek, right? Right. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. You know, I watched the cartoon, but the Mastermind character. When you, remember that we we read Dark Phoenix Dark Saga, like Saga. for podcast. Yeah, ago. yeah. And so I remember. I was like, oh, there's a history. Like that character goes back far. Yes. Right. And I think Sinestro goes back far. Yes. You know, you've Sinestro got Sinestro from Green Lantern Corps. No, what's his name? Uh, Master Mutant? No, Mutant the Master. No, he isn't he not Sinestro's from Green Lantern. Yeah, but there's one. He's got the big pointy things on his cape. Oh, Lucifer, and he's got the diamond on his forehead. It's not Lucifer. Ooh, ooh Captain Ulugu. No, Lord. I don't know that he's in this. I don't know that he's in this book. Okay, but uh, what's Sinister? Mr. Sinister. Mr. Sinister. Sinister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Sinister. Mr. Sinister. Ew, nerd card. I'll take that, please. Take it away from me. (laughs) So, like, there's these characters that are around for a long time. uh, And I think that was kind of the coolest part to see him, like, delve into those. Because those are stories I don't know. And I don't know a whole lot about the early X-Men team, right? Yeah, exactly. Iceman and Beast before he was blue and furry. Like, those those are things I don't really know all that well. It seemed to me that the early X-Men's really kind of broke down to several plots. One, I did not realize how far back they were hinting at that Dark Phoenix saga. Right. The Phoenix saga. Yeah. I mean, it's almost from the beginning they're planting seeds to that. Yeah. You know, uh, I didn't realize that Mastermind was such a big character. Because in the 90s, you don't ever hear Mastermind. Right. You you hardly ever hear him. Um, So you have the Dark Phoenix saga. Then you had the Magneto thing going on. Right. Right? Where Magneto and the Brotherhood of Mutants. Right? And that dovetails into the... Toad uh, and the blob. Uh, the, the political aspect of the Sentinels. Right. So you got the Sentinels. You've got the uh, Dark Phoenix. You've got the Magneto. And I'm missing something else. And just something weird stuff with Professor Xavier. The more yeah. X-Men I read, the more of a dick Xavier <laughs> He becomes. does seem like a real jerk in this. Yes. Um, and again... I don't know how much is he seems like a real jerk because they've condensed his being into these very like no you're gonna do what I want. I think that's what he was. He's like lift that car now, bitch, <laughs> right? And, and like you had to do it, or yeah. else you're gonna get psychically blasted by this mofo, right? And so I, I guess like I, this was a really cool read. I really liked it, but I I really want to see him do all the stuff I know too. Like yes. I want to see him. I want Mojo. I want to see him draw Mojo. I want to see him draw. Cable and, and I, I want that piece of it. It's of it. tough for me to say how well he's condensing and like if he's keeping in the good stuff because I, I, he hasn't done anything yeah. I know yet. Right. When he gets to, when I read the stuff he does in the 90s, I'll have a better reflection on this on like, oh wow. Like if he, if what he did with the 90s is what he was doing back then, yeah. I pretty much know the X Men history. Or if it's like he left a lot of stuff out. Well, I imagine you've got to leave some stuff out when you do this, right? But here's what I know. I know way more than I knew beforehand, yeah. right? Like, the, uh, and and it was such a cool, a cool look at it. Um, I, I can't explain. Did you find this like reading it condensed? Like, oh god, thank god I didn't have to read these right? things. <laughs> um, so to reflect back when we read the Dark Phoenix saga, and I was like, this is the longest. It was a slog thing I've it ever was a read slog. because the amount of dialogue is mm-hmm. just so dense and it's that, so much exposition and that Claremont run it's so much exposition exposition so much I'm telling you what's happening instead of showing you what's happening yep. and that's going to be a piece of this because you can't show it all to me so you got to tell me some of it mm. that's why I like the idea of using the watcher because you get to tell me some of it without 
you get to like tell me in an interesting way, right? Um, I did like, you know, some of that, like meeting Quicksilver. I did like kind of all that sort of stuff where you meet these characters because it's not, he's doing the history of it. So this isn't straight from the old comics. He has to go back and piecemeal in the stuff that we learn later. So the, the timeline isn't, it, it's not chronological timeline. Right. Like he, he's doing it as if the entire X-Men history were laid out, regardless of when the book was published. Right. What were things. That we see it happen. Yeah. And I think what was cool was seeing the Magneto story and going like, oh yeah, I remember that from the movie, right? Like right. piecing that stuff, because that's where I like, you know, all these bits and pieces of it where you see him, you know, you see those things happen and you're like, oh, that's. That really was a good reference they did in that movie or whatever. Right. It was. So like when they in the nineties when they were writing X Men books and they were like putting stuff that happened in the past or yeah. like this is from my sins when I and they like do the flashback he includes like that becomes part of the history that he's right. that he's fiddling in here. So yeah. what, what we're getting is this beautiful sort of like a timeline. The most convoluted, because it's like the most convoluted timeline. It's ever. very biblical in the sense of like, there's so much going, but he connects everything so well. You really see how all these things just overlap, especially so far as book one, that Phoenix uh, thing seems to be the running through line through early X-Men history. Right. Like when he does it like this, when he puts all the history here, you really see that everything was kind of a build up to this big moment that happened in X-Men history. Right. And, and, and. Let's let's talk a little bit about the the art of it. Let's talk a little bit about Ed yeah. Fisker's art. So we kind of mentioned it early on, like he's an indie artist. This is very much sort of an indie take on the X Men, and I I don't really love using the word indie because I don't think it does. I don't think it's a really good job of explaining. You would talk it. about that a couple podcasts ago, but right? It's not a very it's not a house style. It's definitely not Jim Lee. It's definitely not. Um, it's almost like a Sunday strip style, a little bit. Yeah, you know? like, it is. Like the like it's. There's a little Ditko in here. I yeah. think there's a little Ditko. Remember we remember like with like I think that looks like right. Ditko. Remember we read um, oh uh, 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 my friend Dahmer. Right. It's yes. less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's less stylized than I think my friend Dahmer was, but it's very much that sort of. And that's the only word I can use to explain it is it has a very indie vibe to it. Um, but here's the crazy thing: Pisker writes this. He draws it. He like letters it and he colors it the whole damn thing. And there's a lot of detail in these panels. Like there's there's backgrounds. Like some of these, some of them don't, but there are some where there's like cities and things that are crumbling. Uh, you can tell like he he selectively shortcuts things. Uh, you know, but like you have like Savage Land, you have backgrounds in I it do and love stuff the like Savage that. Land. Yeah, that's such a cool. It'll be interesting. <laughs> Interesting to see if the, if his style like this to me it plays well with the early X Men his yeah. style it would be interesting to see if he changes it up at all when he gets to the nineties or if he just keeps it you know and how well how much that plays you know I think I would like to see him keep it because I think that's a fun because uh, you want to see Nightcrawler in the style don't you I definitely want to see Nightcrawler in that style I want to see Blue Beast in that style I want to see like there's like I want to see Cable in that style. I want to see I want to see him draw a bunch of pockets, a bunch of like pockets in this style. That's pockets, all I want. Pockets, pockets, pockets. That's all I want. <laughs> I just want a bunch of pockets. Um but I think I like I everything about it is this very flashbacky quality. So you're right. I want to know does the I guess the thing that I want to know does the coloring change because that's the most sort of like old school. That's the most. Piece there's of like it. an antiqueness kind of wash. There's a whole like antique wash put over it, and then the the I think I think it I think it the will pages, change. The pages think, are yellow. I think right? he's using the color template that they had. You know, like the reason like we talked about this before, like the reason that Hulk's pants were purple is because right. that, that ink color was available. I think he like if everything else points like he was trying to be out as uh pay as much homage to it as possible i bet he's using the similar palettes i i just i really i really dig that you know like one of the one of the things that's that's sometimes the when we go back and we read some older comics the art style can be kind of like not always older but that sort of 90s stuff like i don't like jim lee that's not that's not my thing i don't like the early 2000s or 90s that style like all the Marvel stuff that like, remember we were gonna do Civil War. Yes, we thought about doing yeah, Civil yeah, War, yeah. and I looked at the art and I was like, no. Oh, it's so like computer generated. I, I can't read yeah, it. Yeah, I yeah, can't yeah. do it. And so I, I'm curious, like, 
that's the thing where I like this so much is that he's very much like his style doing all these different things is a very cool way to do it because it's so different, mm -hmm. right? And so it gives you a different, you know, a different take on it without it having to be, um, without it having to ape other people's style. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like that it's his style throughout. I, th I think it's a really kind of interesting way to run through the whole thing. And Otherwise, I'm, you might as well cut and paste panels from like the X Men. Right. You yeah. might as well just go like, "Look, I'm ape. This is my Jim Lee style. This is my, you know, this is my. Um, why can't I'm like burn? Uh, yeah. And um, like this is you know this is the way I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna tell you what, dude. Look at a hip hop family tree. I think that color palette is just how he's going to do that's just how he's going to run the whole thing. So, what do you what do you think about for cuz this book did pretty well, right? I, yeah. I believe Grand Design is has done pretty well sales-wise and Well, like so that. essentially he's just releasing like I think there're two oversized issues that he's putting into a volume. So you get an oversized issue and then you get another oversized issue and then the volume, the big volume. This comes is what out. we have. That's what yeah, I have we have the, the big volume, volume here. Um, the next volume comes out in October. It'll plug like the next two pieces of the story. I think it's the Dark Phoenix Saga is the next piece he hits. So that'll be in the next uh, the next part. Uh, and then he'll roll into like, you know, uh, I think Age of Apocalypse would be the next one, isn't uh, it? It'd be rolling the Claremont. Then it would be Jim Lee. It probably... Claremont probably has to stand on its own, right? As like two volumes, two uh, issues. Yeah. You say it's going to be four? You said it's going to be four? I think it's four volumes. Okay, altogether. well then it's got to be like, they probably have to include like the the Phoenix Saga, the Dark Phoenix Saga, along with Jim Lee in one issue. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't, know. Know. I don't know how he's going to do it. But I there's so much after what I saw. I mean, it's 2000, 2018. Yeah, I don't, know how, I don't know how far up he's going though, right? Okay. Like I yeah, don't know how, how modern that, that he's going to go. Um, but I'm, I'm interested to see how I he, hope to house an M because I don't understand that shit. <laughs> Just gave uh, up. You know what I think the M stands for? Mm, I don't understand this shit. <laughs> Doesn't it stand for mutants? Uh, Magneto? Well, I don't know. Mother? House of M. M&M's. House of M&M's. <laughs> I've been there. It's in uh, Las Vegas. <laughs> I know. They have a Reese's one too or like a Hershey's one. Um, so who would you recommend this to? Because I'm... My, I guess my first instinct would be like, ooh, anyone who doesn't know anything about the X-Men. But I think that would be a big mistake. I right. think if you gave this to someone who you wanted to like get into the X-Men, I think it would turn them off. Unless you could give them all of it, yes. I think this would hurt. I think you want to give this to people who are like comic book lovers. Look at the bottom of your beer. Did it settle? Ooh. Look at that. There's some good sediment that's, that's in this good, thing. That's crazy. Wow. You gotta swirl it around. Really get that. It's like like my beer's a parrot. That's like a parrot poop. <laughs> it does. The of that. You gotta swirl that bad boy. Swirl. The sediment out. Like the Hellfire Club. Yeah. Back to X-Men. <laughs> so what, what so your recommendation? I said I think if I was gonna give it to somebody, I'd give it to somebody who's like a comic book lover. Yes. Right? And so a person who grew up with us in the nineties and loved the cartoon that we're gonna talk about in just yeah. a few minutes. Going back and exploring something that maybe you don't know, yeah. I think would be fun. Yes. But you have to like comic books. I wouldn't say like, oh, you like the X-Men movies? Read this. Because no. one, the art style is not going to play, I don't think, to your average Joe. Yeah. I think if you if someone likes history and they're just like comic books in general, it's yeah. great. Because that's what uh, Pisker is doing really well with the hip hop one. And this yeah. one, it's just like... A fun way to learn about something. Like if he did anything like in this this way, I would be like, oh, like, oh man, the Revolutionary War, what a drag. <laughs> but if he did it in four volumes like this, yeah. I would be like, okay. I'm in. Yeah. I see you, George Washington. Because it's better than like the history of beer that we read many podcasts ago. Like where they were trying to condense that into I was too drunk, I don't <laughs> 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 Don't ever go to a beer fest and then do a podcast. Let's transition into musical segue. All right. So, Travis, we took it upon ourselves to watch season one. Season one, yes. Season one of the X-Men cartoon, a beloved cartoon for the both of us. Here's what I want to know. Mm -hmm. You went back. You watched it. Do you think it holds up? Yes, I absolutely do. Why? Can I can I can I, can I give you a little history on yeah. my uh, and I want to hear like your exposure to um, 
90s X-Men car cartoons. I remember knowing it was out, people talking about it, but I didn't get it in Japan. So when I came back to the States, I was like trying to find it on cable TV. I remember the first episode I watched was so awesome. And so I was trying to buy the first season. They had cassette tapes. Yeah. And those things, those MFers were like $9.99 to $12.99 a pop. Yeah. And they only had one episode on them, except for Night of Sentinels. There was two in one, one tape. And so I had the whole first season on uh, VH single VHS. Single wow. VHS. And like, you know, they're like, they're like 20 minutes long. So yeah. when you finish one, you get to pop it in. So I have probably seen each of these episodes of the first season dozens of times. <laughs> dozens. So much so that I was rewatching it, I was like saying the lines out. Like, just like, okay. Yeah. You have a different. First, you charge the card, then you blow it up. <laughs> You have a different experience than I do. I watched it when it was out. So I remember coming home, watching the X-Men after school, and being like, yeah, yeah. Like, was it on after school? I thought it was like prime time at one point. I don't think so. Oh, okay. I remember watching it. Yeah. I remember watching it after school. Maybe it was prime time in Japan. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Uh, time difference. Super prime time. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I remember watching it as it came out, watching it on TV, and then it just being like a routine. Right, yes. it being part of your day, getting home. Batman the animated series was the same thing, right? They were, were they different networks? Did you could you watch them both? Uh, I think they were both on Fox, weren't they? Okay, maybe yeah. I think I Batman know. the animated series was on Fox. Although I, it feels like Batman would be owned by Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers, I thought. I'm trying. I to... think the opening thing was Warner Brothers. I think it like remember didn't it, yeah. like, dissolve into yeah. the uh, Batman. Yeah, but Warner Brothers would have been on. I think they didn't have their own, their network, own network then. So the WWE. Been... Yeah, it wouldn't have been there. Uh, so I remember <laughs> watching. What stands for? Wouldn't have been there. Yeah, wouldn't have been there. Uh, WBG. <laughs> uh, I remember watching it came out, and I remember like it then being on reruns and watching it in reruns, um, and then I don't know. It was probably three years ago or so. That it was on uh, Amazon. It was yeah. on Amazon Prime. Yeah. And I was like, well, shit. <laughs> right? So Renner and I watched it together. And you hadn't seen it in like, I hadn't seen it like in 20 years. 20 years, right? Yeah. And by damn, if it doesn't hold up. It does. Right? It is It is such good storytelling. Yeah. It's insane. I, I, mean, think, it, I think it holds up more because there are references I didn't get. Right. And there's silly stuff. There's yeah. no doubt about that it's a silly cartoon. So there are some silly things. But it really does. And and I would tell you, like, having gone back and watched uh, Batman the Animated Series 2, that also holds up. Uh, you think what, You think that one holds up more? Yeah. I think so, too. Because it's less... It's less dated. This really does feel 90s. Well, I, like, Batman takes the place in... Style. Batman yeah. takes place in its own... You can't tell what time it takes place in because the cars are really old. Yes, and the animation is of its own thing, of its own right. ilk. It's right. not. It's not like just an. X Men was an improvement on like gummy bears and shit like that. You know, <laughs> bouncing here and there and everywhere. <laughs> yes, or Chippendales Rescue Rangers. Uh, I just played Chippendales Rescue Rangers on the Nintendo. Oh God, I love that mouse. Was so Such... hot. That mouse was so <laughs> hot. What was her name? Mousy. It wasn't Mousy. Mousy. Boobs. It wasn't Mousy. Um. It was like Evelyn or something. <laughs> Evelyn. <laughs> I don't think it was Evelyn. So here's, you know, I put just things okay. about it, but in one of the things that surprised me is, and makes sense, and one of the reasons probably why we liked it so much as kids, this was one of the first serialized yeah. cartoon shows, meaning that one episode led into the next episode. Right. At least the first two, the first two seasons. Do you remember, you remember watching, so like, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is very much like Freak of the Week. Yeah. Sort yeah, of big like. Big Bad, yeah. Or maybe two episodes we solved this thing. Yeah, they have, yeah, exactly. But they didn't go past two. Right. Same with Batman. But this was like an entire season bled from one thing to the other. It was, And it's that soap opera style, yeah. right? That Claremont soap opera style put into 90s cartoon that looks like Jim Lee. Yeah. Um, Cyclops will start every episode off with previously on, on x-men and it reminded you of like it really gave you a sense of like these are big stories right yeah this seemed almost adult right because it wasn't it was serialized i mean yeah we, and it was serious people, people thought the reason they didn't serialize cartoons is because networks thought kids were too stupid to follow a plot from week to week over a season 
That right. was like you know, like you you have to just give it to kids so they can just tune in and like they're not gonna remember that they're they're children and yeah. well one is it wasn't just children watching this right uh, and two like I was a kid watching it and it, I didn't realize that it was serialized and other things weren't I didn't I didn't yeah. process my brain but I love the fact that things would build up over a season yeah this the Scott Summers uh, that's what I call him when he the narrates. love triangle when he, when he when he fights crime he he's cyclops. cyclops when he narrates previously on X Men he's got he's Scott Summers yeah um the love triangle that's like a thing that like runs throughout right the, yeah and you're like oh cool and I feel like as kids that was like a very sort of like adult story yeah and you you felt like oh yeah right? you feel kind of cool about it. Um, you know, you've got Wolverine laying in bed with a picture, and you know, they'd be like, yeah, but it'll be like a, like two seconds of an episode where that's not the main plot, right? And but they still reference it, right? Um, I really what's he doing with that picture, Josh? I don't. Have you seen the gif? There's like a gif of it, but you and, and everybody puts whatever picture they want inside the gif <laughs> that's of Wolverine brilliant. looking. At I have it. not seen it. That's um, crazy. It's so. I really enjoyed that part of it, and rewatching it over, um, it. It's such a good set of stories, and I think it's so good because they are all very much in reference to old X-Men stories. They right. used all these old X-Men stories, which was a giant serialized tale. And that's, you know, good credit where credit's due. I mean, those people in the in the, uh, the early 90s, the people that were the writers and stuff like that, they're like, let's just, let's use the comics. And right. People, people I mean, populists didn't know what the X-Men were at that point. Right. They had no idea. Only like a super uber geeks would understand the X-Men art. And other people might have heard the name. They understand it because it's been on newsstands for like 30 years right. prior and, like, to that. Right, and like you and I as kids, if we couldn't get our hands... So the one thing I look at, I remember being a kid and getting comic books. I never was able to get like a run when I was really young. Like mm. you would go to the grocery store and you'd grab that one. But the next time you got it, oh, yeah, it might, not, months, yeah. might not be the same one. Um, that's what was kind of cool about this is like you got a whole story in a way that you didn't always get as a kid when you grabbed a comic book. It became epic. It became yeah. like, like every like our kids' generation's like epic story. Right. You know? So let me ask you. Out of but this... you see, that was only the first two seasons. Yeah. After that, apparently, they were using Korean animators and the Korean animators would be late. So on, And so they'd have on some episodes, so they have to show them out of order and things like that. So they dropped the the serialization of it. Or when they tried to, it was all convoluted because okay. they weren't putting shows out. Okay. So it'd be interesting if someone out there like renumbered like seasons three through seven or whatever it is. So if you need something to do. Yep. This mm-hmm. this year, this school year. I'm gonna uh uh pisker this you're gonna, animated you're gonna series. Pisker this animated series. So here's here's what I wanna know. As we look back, nineties X Men, favorite X Men from nineties X Men, season one. Okay. Favorite so, character. It's changed. Am I rewatching? Okay. It's changed my rewatching. Um, I'm not. Say, I'm not even going to say who they were. I'm just going to give you. I'm just going to answer your question, Josh. Okay. I'm going to answer your okay. question. My favorite X Men in the '90s X Men cartoon in season one. Yeah, didn't get a lot of airtime, but brilliant Beast. All right, it's that Kelsey Grammer vibe. You Beast. just love. You, it's not Kelsey Grammer in the, yeah, in yeah. the thing, but okay, Beast. Um, I'm going to have to say the one thing that. I, so going back and watching it, Jubilee is such an integral character. So great. Because yeah. you're Jubilee, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. they they did this thing where, you know, you get to be that character and yeah. you get to live through the the eyes of, of Jubilee. Who has just a That's terrible a good one too. Who has a terrible power. Yeah. But dang if she's not super cool, right? Yeah. Like the yellow, like trench coat. Yeah, and the glasses, the pink sunglasses. Right. Um, does a mall baby eat chili fries? Does a mall baby eat chili fries? <laughs> That's the question. Um, I really, I really enjoyed her as a character. And then, um, I remember Wolverine was my favorite as a kid. Yeah, that was, my, uh, Gambo was mine, but Wolverine was yeah. there. And as like an adult, I'm like, man, Wolverine is annoying. Yeah. Like, he's just always like, what like is that? Like that. Like, yeah. he's, like he's like the dog. Of he's the, the dog. <laughs> he just like, he's either mad or sulking. Yes. Chloe, knock it off. He's either mad or sulking. And, like, all the things you want him to do, all I want him to do is be a badass and tear stuff up. Tell Scott I made a convertible. Yeah. And then he's just, like, angry all <laughs> like the time. Like, he's a child who pouts and, like, hits things. Right, right. Um, and so he was not my favorite as I watched as an adult. But you know which which character I wish there was more of? Why did they have to kill Morph? I know. You're a big Morph fan. Morph comes back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert. In Sinister, like in Savage Land. We yeah. for Sinister and shit. But Morph was fun. 
The leather, Lizzie. the leather jacket over the leather the, jacket was good. Leather like a bomber the jokes, jacket. He brought fun. Right. He brought humor to it. The bomber jacket over the X Men uniform. Great, yeah. great, great concept. It's so tough to pick a favorite. I mean, Rogue was great. Rogue this. is great. You know, like oh, you look as nervous as a long tailed cat in a room for rocking chairs. <laughs> you know, you're like oh, look at that southern charm. Gambit, he like comes in. He's got a cool design. He does, and he's coming in like throwing cards and and things like that. And he's like the opening scene where you see Gambit. He's flirting with the clerk who's like selling him cards. Right? Do you play a lot of cards? I play a lot of cards. You know, <laughs> you want to see a, you want to see a trick, yeah. and you're like, this guy is straight up like hardcore flirting, like he is yeah. he's hard right now, right? <laughs> so, so okay, so we got your favorite X Men from the cartoon. I like Beast because I love the voice actor. I was actor gonna say why? Beast. Oh, he's a really it's good. It's so actor. good, and also I love how he has these literary references. As an English teacher, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's always he's always referencing like like in jail cell he's reading Thoreau, yeah, you know, yeah, uh, and so I love that, and I also love like how he's just like the 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 character of like he's like they're breaking people out of jail, and he's like, no, I will sit and wait my day in court. He's very much <laughs> so like a, polite, mm, yeah, yes. Yeah, so when Magneto's like, no, dude, come on, let's let's do this thing, yeah, and he's like, no. We're gonna use my trial, yeah, in order to like show that mutants are good. <laughs> and that dude hangs upside down like ninety percent of that episode. Yeah, always, always upside down. So, what do you think? Uh, so, there are several episodes in uh, season one. There are uh, thirteen. Yeah. Uh, can you think of your favorite? I so it's near the end. I really love the Days of Future Past, right? Oh, the two-parter? The two-parter. I like the ones that were more than one. I like the two-parters, right? Like, the first two episodes are fantastic. Night of the Sentinels, that, those two episodes are probably... It's like the best introduction to a TV show. Yep. It's just such a great world-building two episodes. Except for when I was watching Night of the Sentinels again, yeah. part two, like, let's say it's 20 minutes, 12 of those minutes are from part one right it's like they recap it in the in like the previous on x-men and they start it like five minutes back into the previous episode yeah so you're like uh it's good all together but like i'd rather watch as one 40 minute yeah, episode as, as, a, episode. as opposed to like two like 50 minute episodes and so i like that days of future past is really good I my favorite my favorite before you start going sure. in your so your favorite was days of future past, I, days of future past is my, favorite. my favorite was i think it was the first one i i saw so is captive hearts is where they go into the Morlocks. Okay, when they're down under. Yeah, Storm has this great movement uh, moment with Calypso. Yeah, and then that 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 Gene uh, love triangle gets really broken up again. Where Wolverine's yeah. like, "I'm gonna kill you," uh, and you get to see some more mutants, like a bunch of like all the uh, underground scuzzy mutants. Yeah. Do you remember that there's also an episode of Batman in the animated series that happens in the sewer with like Clayface? No, there's an episode where it's like this guy who has this group of like children who work for him in the sewers and they steal oh, stuff. Oh, a very Oliver Twist like. Yeah, it's yeah, very yeah, Oliver yeah. Twist like, but it reminded like those two episodes. I'm like, what's with people hanging out in the sewers? <laughs> the Ninja Turtles are your down mom, there. Your mom had to like pull you out of so many sewers right? as a child. I just want to see the, Josh, the freaking mutants back here. <laughs> mom, there's mutants in there. <laughs> and got a cr- Ninja Turtles and a crowbar everywhere, just prying the things right. open, just trying to get into the sewer. Uh, and so. The uh, the Wolverine uh, Northern Exposure like, episode. <laughs> yeah, where he's like skiing. Because Sabretooth is also one of my favorite characters in this. The yeah. voice, the voice actor voice. of Sabretooth, that's like <laughs> growl. Yeah, and his design, like this, it's like like the Le- is it a leotard? He, he I don't you, see creases. Josh. You definitely see a bulge. Yeah, you definitely get a, a. There's a there's a a distinct saber. It seems bulge. like such a weird design to choose as like a brawny like scummy dude. To be like, I want like a leotard. Right. I guess it does kind of look like a saber tooth. He does. He does look like a, a saber toothed. But couldn't you just accomplish that with like a like a nice furry jacket? You know, like with like like a bomber jacket with like the extra. But everybody fur. everybody wore everybody was wearing More like spandex. <laughs> if you were a mutant, you wore spandex. <laughs> I guess it must have been Jim Lee's design of saber tooth. I'm guessing. Yeah. Look at that. He had like he had like 38 abdomen muscles. He definitely worked out a lot. Yeah. No carbs. I love it when he's like, Wolverine. He's like teasing him in the episode before. He's like, what's wrong, Logan? And you're like, yeah. oh, what a creepy and character. I really do. Like, remember when he pretends to be okay? Oh, yeah. To trick Jubilee. Yeah. And you're like, don't Jubilee. Yeah. Don't fall for yeah. it. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> you know he's lying. Like, he even sounds like he's from The Sopranos. He's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> he's growling, Jubilee. Yeah, do not trust him. Uh, so I, I wrote down some interesting facts you okay. might not have known about right. the... Uh, uh, yeah, me doing a lot of research. You did do a lot of research. Um, so uh, the last, like, six episodes or four episodes of the entire series yeah. look different because that's when Marvel is filing for bankruptcy. So they wanted to complete it, but they didn't have the money. So the animation's a lot shittier. <laughs> so if you're ever wondering like about the end of X Men and like why the animation change all of a sudden, bankruptcy. All right. um, the guy who did Magneto's voice. First of all, all the voice actors are like don't read ahead. I, well, I can't. Really. <laughs> uh, all the voice actors, most of them are all Canadian. There's okay. only a few that aren't Canadian in the whole series. That makes sense. Um, Cheap actors. The guy who did David Hemblin. Uh, who did Manito's voice, was actually offered the role in the first X-Men movie for really? live action. And it wasn't like they changed their mind. It's because he had a conflict, a movie conflict. That's why he wasn't Magneto. And that's why Sir Ian McKellen is... Yeah. Uh, who's a great Magneto? A little old. Yeah, yeah, a little bit old. A little old. I would have liked to... But I think they... This guy's voice was great. I don't know what he yeah. looked like, but he they, was... they definitely pulled a very... So, okay, I, I know I'm going off topic. Yeah. But when we went to do the movies in early 2000, right? Yeah. They went too old. Yeah. Patrick Stewart is great, too old. Ian McKellen, great, too old. Yeah, because they have to be around the same age, right? Because they're peers. Right, and then the problem is, like, you're going to do multiple movies, and you picked really, like, they have to be older than all the other X-Men. Pull a Joseph. Put Joseph in there as young Magneto. Bring yeah. him back in there. Yeah. Good. They try. I mean, they they obviously ran into that. And they're like, "Oh, we got to reboot this shit." So, well, you can put... see that's why they're going in a weird yeah. timeline. Well, don't Marvel owns the rights now? Didn't they get them back? Well, they're. I think that deal they're is. They're in still, the discussion yeah, yeah. of it. I'm so excited for them to do yeah, it be for cool. real. Yeah, because I think they would do it in a good way. Here's the problem: is Patrick Stewart keeps wanting to go back to. He's like, "Oh, I'm done." Now he's going back and doing Captain Picard. Now you hear about that? Yeah, yeah. You're like, all right, be done. All right, because we because if we're you're available. We're gonna use you. Yeah, we're gonna make you. We're gonna make you, at Professor X again. You it's gonna have, happen. You have to step you away. You have to go. You have to step because away. Because some directors we can't let you go. Some directors gonna be like, mm, we can yeah. bring him back. Same thing with what's his name for Wolverine. Yes. Yeah. What's you name? have to walk yeah. away. You, you have to. Hugh. Say, you, Hugh. Hugh Jackman. Hugh have to walk away. Huge jacked man. You have to walk away. You can't. You can't do it. Hugh have to walk away. Because we can't say goodbye to you. No, we can't. We can't quit you. I did cry at the end of Logan. Yeah, it was good. But again, Patrick Stewart's in there. Right. Like we, we we refreshed our Xavier in our minds. Like, okay, what's his name? James McAvoy is yeah. now Professor yeah. X. And then you throw him back in as Professor X. I'm like, what the fuck? Come on, man. Right. Other, other things. Uh, a lot. One of the things I really love is the sound effects in this. And in re I'm always like, I love the lasers and the blasts. Yeah. I guess a lot of those were borrowed from Star Trek. Really? And other shows that we have Fox <laughs> own. A lot of like the That's like, funny. like Magneto's force field was like straight up like the Spock uh oh, phaser. That's yeah. great. Um voice actors Canadian, we talk about that. Um mm, Oh, uh so Bob Harris, the editor uh at Marvel Marvel Comics at that time, uh got wind of a uh a pitch the show yeah. was doing where Bishop goes back in the past to find Xavier dead. Yeah. Uh and then like how the world's change. And he loved it so much. That he used it, and that's the Age of Apocalypse. So, a pitch for this show is responsible for probably one of, if not yeah. the coolest X Men storylines out there. That's crazy. That's was crazy. like they, they ran it by him. He goes, uh, "No, I want to do that. We're going to call it Age of Apocalypse." That's great. That's great. I would tell you that's my other. So that's I think the Cable Bishop, like the Days of Future Past, is one of my favorite sort of like fun. You're like, oh, yeah, 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 like yeah. it's this cool thing. You you get all like, you get the dystopian future like stuff as like a young kid. You're like, oh, I didn't even think it. Wow, yeah, the future yeah. could be really bad. And yeah, yeah. It's a very Terminator esque kind of storyline, yeah. and and uh, I really enjoyed that sort of. I think those two episodes. I think the double parters are my favorite ones because like it's extra serialized, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, you get, yeah. So same thing like the Batman and the animated series one any Batman animated series episode that's two episodes like the freeze one is by oh, yeah, is yeah. by far superior so cool, to yeah. all other you get to build, you more time to build right you right and you build. get to tell you get, you get to tell a tighter story and a, a more interesting story if that Batman animated series was serialized oh man that would be by right? far the king a part of it, it it kind of is but not anywhere 
anywhere near the way that but, but batman stories I, they can exist non-serialized x-men stories like it's built for that right I mean, that, that's what this, this whole x-men grand design shows is that the popularity of this series isn't in like the fact that we have cool super designs on superheroes and it's powers like an endless soap opera yeah exactly right? yeah it's like days of our lives days except, of our future past except with laser beams coming out of exactly your can devereaux do that and that <laughs> the guy from days of our lives I don't know anything about Days of Our Lives. It's been a long time since I've watched. Uh, when I was in college. You went through a soap phase? So you got to remember, like, I was in college and I worked full time. Oh, you had a kid. Yeah, and yeah. I had a kid. And so if I was, like, my schedule was really wonky for work. And so I would usually work evenings. And so, like. And you couldn't afford cable. Right. During the day I was home with Grace, I would totally watch Days of Our Lives. Yeah. And uh, as the world turns. What about General Hospital? I think I watched a couple of episodes. I don't think I watched that. General Hospital. I did watch. I do remember there was one where there was a. Um, a little person. I, mid, I don't know what words are right. Midget. Words. A midget. Okay. I'm talking X Men. You can say things like. And he and he was like a he was like a doll, but he came to life. I don't remember what it was called. Oh, it's when they went in the freaky like when they like. It was like yeah, a very yeah, yeah, like yeah. a goofy, a very goofy soap opera. Um, but and that uh, dwarf was Peter Dinklage. It wasn't. It wasn't. Sir Peter Dinklage. Sir Peter Dinklage to you. Get the mode. So here's what I want to know. Marvel gets X Men back. Yes. Oh, I like this question where it's going. Go ahead. Okay. What do you want the first movie to be? What do you want to happen in that first movie? Okay. Wait. You know what I it's want? It's tough. It's like... You know what I want? To... Go ahead. I want, I want the fucking Days of the Sentinel. That's what I want. I want them to take that Jubilee story... Night of the act, Sentinel. Night of the Sentinel. Yeah. And, do, and do it. That's actually not bad. Like, just, just, re, just, just start jump, from there. I don't need like, this. Like, shot for shot, almost. Yeah, I don't need to. I don't need you to tell me who Wolverine is. I don't need you to tell me who Cyclops Even Gambit, is. keep that same team. Right? I don't need any of that. No. What I need you to do is just go, you guys know who the damn X-Men are. They did. The cartoon did right. it. The cartoon did it, and no one knew who the X-Men right. were. And here's an X-Men story. You don't know who the X-Men... doesn't matter. You know who these people are. Here. If it doesn't, I mean, they did in the cartoon. No one knew who they were, and they were targeting this towards kids. And we picked it up. We're like, okay, yeah. tell us who they are. Show us who they are. Don't what, tell us who they are. Show what us. What I they don't are. want, I don't want an origin of building the X Men. Don't do it to me. But I don't know how Marvel does it that the X Men have existed, but we don't know about them. I think you do Fantastic Four first, and you bring them in through there. Okay, you, you backdoor them through. Fantastic okay, you do Fantastic Four. Four. Fantastic Four opens. A dim, like two dimensions. He's got Namor. He's got Namor as like a major yeah. villain between both of them. Namor, even like you can see in this, yeah. is what connects su the superheroes of the 1940s and 50s yeah. with the X Men of the 70s. So here's what you do: you bring Fantastic Four back first. Fantastic Four, the their second movie, yeah, smushes two universes together. You can reboot the characters you need to reboot yep. that are aging out. And you bring the X-Men back. And you, you can bring in the idea of mutant with Namor. Like, so that's how you get the idea of, of mutants, right? Yeah. Like, like this, like, uh, I can get some of his blood. Like, this guy, is a, it's, his genes are mutated. And everyone freaks out in the theater because they finally said mutant, right? Yeah. Uh, and then, like, uh, like, people are like, yeah, we've seen this before, right? Yeah. And then, like, we have, like, hey, Namor. Guys, Namor's the key. Who plays Namor? What? Um, uh, Orlando Bloom. Orlando, <laughs> okay, I can see it. I can see Orlando. No, Bloom. you need someone. You just said he had pointy ears. Need, from, yeah, uh, yeah. I think, I think I made that connection. Uh, I think what it would have been good if they had, hadn't do Magneto already would have been what's his name? Who the, the new Magneto? Oh, is. yeah, uh, that would be good. Fastbender, Fastbender as Namor. Here's what I good. think. What's his name from Heroes? Who plays Spock? And I know it's also a pointy oh, yeah, character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think get that's him, what we're doing. Get him to work out a little bit. Yes. Get him to get a little. That ripped. would be bad. Yeah, yeah. I think he'd be good. Yeah, I want like a because real... he has a very like he could be a very hmm, yeah. I, of... I want like a Mediterranean Italian, you know, okay. like like a really like tans, probably... yeah, like like a uh, like a little bit of chest hair, like a chain. Okay, I like you know what I... slick back. Uh, can we go back in time and get Ricardo Montalban? Yes, to do it. That's what I want to do. Okay, That's exactly what I want to do. But... I want Days of Future Past and Montalban. What I don't want. As I don't want them to take Namor the route of Aquaman and make him a bro. <laughs> no. Oh yeah. If anything, he's like the Tony Soprano of the sea. I think if he's anything, he should be a. 
I don't want him Tony Soprano to see. I want him very much. I want him like a hoity-toity, like a very. That's what he is. He's like a prissy boy. Yeah, right. I, I want yeah, him to be yeah, a very yeah. like, like a superficial. Above, like everybody is below him. Yeah, yeah. And I really want to see that Sue Storm, Ray Richards, Namor like love triangle as well. Hot. It'd be good. Hot. You know, I okay. So I know we're going over. Yeah, no, we're not. So Listen, he, we're in the new world of podcasts. So here's. Have you seen? Someone did a mock-up, because we've gone off the rails here. Someone did a mock-up of, uh, what's Jim from The Office? What's his name? Krakow, uh, something. Jim Krasinski. Krasinski. Oh, it's not Jim. Jim. Krasinski. John Krasinski. John Krasinski. Yeah. They did him, a mock-up of him as Mr. Fantastic. It looked good. It, it is perfect. You show me after, because my, my phone doesn't work it's on It's perfect. On let, me, let me see if I, let me, let me do it to you really quick, right? Is so he, can I see? I guess. It, you wouldn't think it's good. Uh... I can't spell his name. There we go. Kajan. This is Kaczynski. great. Kazanski. Kazanski. People mm. love Jim right? in the office. And they, they would, and he could, that lovability could translate right. into like Mr. Fantastic. People already are inclined to like this guy because okay. they have a history with him. Look at that. Oh, that's perfect. Tell me that that's, that's perfect. That would not. That's awesome. So essentially what they did is they took uh, Chris Pratt's body. From... No, he's yoked now. Krasinski you know, was, but, was but, but I, I'm pretty movie. sure that this is this is a oh, like the Star Lord. This is the no, not Star, not Chris. Chris who's the one who's Evans? They took Chris, Chris Evans. Evans' body. They took like it's the oh, suit. You see the straps, you you see the straps yeah, from yeah. the from the backpack, and they turned it into a Fantastic Fantastic Four outfit. They took his face with the like the beard from whatever movie he was in, where he's like the the soldier. Yeah, yeah. And they gave him the gray on the temples. That looks great. And it is it is perfect. That's awesome. He would be because what it does is it gives you a a old enough Mr. Fantastic, right? Yeah, but still a young enough a middle Mr. aged Fantastic, yeah. and tells everyone out there, "Hey, you can be middle aged and still be fantastic. You can be Josh. in your late thirties and still be fantastic." Yeah. Hey man, you like the idea of a Mr. Fantastic with a beard? I do like a Mr. Fantastic. If you're gonna do Mr. Fantastic, just like here's the problem: Mr. Fantastic can be a very cartoony looking thing. Yeah. And they showed that in that damn movie. Yeah. Don't do the sound effects. Don't do the... <laughs> don't, don't do that. So that's what I want. You're, I think we're on... Marvel, hire us. Yeah. We will yeah. write this thing for you. I didn't want to like it because it was someone else's idea, but it's a good idea. It's a good idea. It's a good, it's a good idea. idea. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for turning the comic exposure so podcast. So much X-Men. So much X-Men. Thank you for listening. If you haven't checked out Ed Pisker's uh, first volume of uh, X-Men Grand Design, go look at it. Volume two is going to be out in October. It's our, I think I've already got it pre-ordered. What's so, the price point on these books? Well, the price here is like thirty bucks. So I bet that's like twenty-four on Amazon. Yeah, it was like twenty-four on Amazon. So, plus, it's huge. It's huge and it's beautiful. Yeah, stop complaining. It's a great coffee table book. Yeah, you're not spending money on any of these podcasts, right? This podcast is free. Yeah, and so the other ones you listen to. It's not like you download the podcast app just to listen to this podcast. If you, I'm sorry, I love you. Yeah, uh, but. Thank you for turning to the Comic Exposure Podcast. Remember, you can find all of our old episodes on www.comicexposure.com. You can follow us on the Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash comic exposure. We're on the Twitter uh, at comic exposure. Uh, so follow us. Find out what we're doing. We are back at it. We had a hiatus. Travis and I are coming up with a real calendar to get back on track. I got I to gotta, like help win an election in November, but... I'm committing to some comic books, dude. So one oh, of the things that we're going to read, I'm going to make you read Motor Girl. I know. It's so, big price point, people. Big it price is. point. We're it's, well, it's an omnibus. So it's it's a yeah. bunch of issues. Uh, 12 issues, I think. Okay. So we're going to read uh, We're gonna read Motor Girl. We got to. Got, we got to. I'm making Gabby read it. So okay. Gabby's going to read it with us. So my All right, wife so is it won't be, be the next one because she's got to get through and I got to get through it and we're right. starting school. Um. But we're we're setting up a calendar. We're gonna do some shows. We're gonna do some one-offs. Travis might do some interviews. I might do some interviews. But we want to get some content back for you guys. We're sorry for the hiatus. We love you all. Uh, the two people that are left that are listening to this. So thank you. Uh, and then, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know what we'll do? We'll see you next trade. Cue comic exposure music now.